One day, a man named Choni was walking along and saw a man planting a carob tree. Choni asked him, How many years will it take until it will bear fruit? He said to him, Not for seventy years. Choni said to him, Do you really believe you'll live another seventy years? The man answered, I found this world provided with carob trees, and as my ancestors planted them for me, so I too plant them for my descendants. From the Talmud. This quote is at the beginning of the book Long Path by Ari Wallach. And this book has been so meaningful to me over the last year, and it just connects so well with everything that I'm intending for this show, The Potential Path, that I decided I want to go ahead and share with you guys, anybody out there who happens to be listening to this, my thoughts on this book. And I want to break it down over a number of weeks and just share with you some of the thoughts that come to me from the book and, and some of the highlights that I think are so powerful. I would also just recommend that you check the book out for yourself because it is a very easy to read book. It's not very long and it is just chock full of incredible language metaphors. I think it's just exactly what we need right now. For those of us who are really thinking deeply about where we live in the stream of time and what we want to choose as our responsibility for our lifetimes, this book, for me, it's just kind of quintessential. And I think that I just want to keep recommending it to everybody I talk to. And so I'm just going to dig in. And this week, I'll just give you a little bit of a synopsis of kind of what it's about, an introduction to it, and go through some of the first thoughts in the book. So first of all, the subtitle of the book is Long Path, Becoming the Great Ancestors, Our Future Needs, an Antidote to Short-Termism, or an Antidote for Short-Termism. One of the first things that Ari writes in the book, he says about Long Path, he said, together we're going to explore how looking at time with a wider lens coupled with our emotional and collaborative strengths, can make us great ancestors and help us in our own lives. What's more, we're going to learn that this time, this very moment, is one of the best chances we have to make a huge impact on the lives of those to come. So my thoughts on, on this, and that this is just one of many, many, many places in this book where I feel like he's giving language to things I've been thinking about and observing about the time period that we live in. And it really appears to me that this time we live in, right now, this generation, 2023, we are right smack in the middle or maybe the beginning, I think in the middle of a generation where humans, and I would say probably this is the, most certainly this is the only species we are currently aware of in the universe that has ever been in the position where in one single generation, we have the opportunity to significantly and consciously and intentionally upgrade or evolve what we are, really change what humanity is and craft, kind of kind of be the collective sculptors of the future of humanity, and that we can significantly upgrade ourselves, or in that same period of time, probably go away. And you know, I think it's maybe one or the other. We'll see. But that's kind of how it feels. And I, I think a lot of people might agree with me on this. So yeah. We really are living in a period of time where thinking about these things and the way we think about when we are is critical. We live in a world, back to kind of reading an excerpt from the book, we live in a world of constant updates, notifications, and breaking news. We've got all this shit happening around us all the time that is constantly 
spiking our cortisol and adrenaline levels. I'm quoting from the book, eliciting fight or flight responses from our central nervous systems. And if poorly managed, send us spiraling down into a pile of smoldering emotional wreckage. And this is the result of short-term reactionary thinking. We tend to lose sight of the larger whole of what really matters to us in the big picture. And on this topic, again, I'm just kind of looking at paragraphs in the book that stood out to me and then just reflecting on them. This pairs super nicely with some ideas from an astronaut named Ron Guerin, who wrote a book called Floating in Darkness. I actually found him through a Big Think video, which is also how I found Ari Wallach and the book Long Path. So thank you, Big Think. But one of the really cool ideas that I loved in Ron Guerin's book, which I, th I think I'll probably touch on his book again later in my kind of synopsis of Long Path, is that he's an astronaut who, when he went into space, he just saw everything differently. As soon as he looked down on the earth, he saw everything differently. And one of the metaphors that he uses is the dolly zoom, which is a filmmaking technique that was used in Jaws and I think Vertigo it was used in. And this is a, a technique where the camera's on a dolly and it's moving backward pretty quickly, but at the same pace, the lens is adjusting to stay really focused in on, let's say, the face of the main character. So you're maintaining the focus on the detail on the subject, right? You're not losing that. You're not going up into space and not being able to see the person or the detail, but you're increasing the depth and breadth of your context. So you're increasing how much you're seeing behind and around that subject. And I think this is just a really good metaphor for the practice that I think we all need to be exercising. We need to be strengthening this muscle of sort of dolly zooming and being able to not lose sight of the actual issues that we're dealing with, but to increase just this practice of zooming out and seeing more context, seeing the bigger picture, seeing longer periods of time, even beyond our own lifespan, while still being present in the moment and still maintaining detailed focus on what were the decisions at hand, right? So back to the book, a couple other things that I appreciated in the early, in the kind of introductory parts of the book. He talks about how the long path mindset works in part to help relieve our reactions to stressful moments by providing a way of seeing the world that cultivates future conscious thinking and behavior. Long path helps us start thinking and feeling beyond our individual lifespans and to the impact we will have on future generations. And yes, that previous generations have had on us. We'll get into this later. He introduces a concept called transgenerational empathy, which I think is a fascinating and useful concept. We'll get to that one later. So he talks about how long path is a, what it is, it's a mindset. And what I love about this phrase, like sometimes in my life anyway, been these realizations over time, things I've discovered through experiences and reflection and deep thinking and these, I don't know, truths, I mean, the beliefs that I've formed for myself, like maybe ways of looking at the world. So values I've chosen for myself and worldview, right? But when somebody comes along and gives you language for it, language that we can share, that can allow us to have conversations between each other to describe something new that we didn't really have language for before, I think it's brilliant. And I'm really grateful for this book because I think it gives us language to describe the technique or the practice 
this mindset, which is a way of being, an approach to life, and an approach to the universe. It takes a view from 30,000 feet in the sky and 30,000 years into the past and into the future, reminds us that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, and that while our own time is finite, we need to become the great ancestors our descendants need us to be. I will wrap this up by telling you a little glimpse into a story that he tells of a friend named Michelle, a friend of his, who was part of a construction team, and she, she was part of a team that was building a new high school sports track. There was pressure to finish the project, and then, right then, along comes a new vendor presenting a new corn-based track surface material that they could use. And while this would, yes, last five times long and have a lot lower carbon emission footprint in its manufacturing process, it would cost a lot more and it would take a lot longer to lay down. So Michelle was thinking of the heat she would be taking from powers that be if she agreed to use this product. But she stopped and thought, what am I really doing here? What is, what is this for? What is the ultimate goal? Make her bonus or build a stadium that would last so that the next generations would not have, so that the next generations wouldn't have to start the work all over again. A delay and an earlier output of funds made much more sense than pushing something through so that she could be done with it and look good. So she decided to at least try and make the better materials work. So just to sum this up, right? He says, with practice, that pause that Michelle took to think about it, maybe it took a little while for her to make this decision. He's saying that with practice, this pause will get shorter and shorter until long path becomes the automatic way that we think, react, and eventually shape the future. And I live in the Philippines where they say that the closer to the equator a culture is, the more short-term it might be because people didn't have to learn to plan for the winters. They always have food pretty much available. You know, here in, in this country, you've got the ocean, you've got fruit growing everywhere. It's easy to see why it's not baked into the mindset of people to think very long-term. They kind of just have always been that way. It's always just wake up today and figure out today. And I, I see a lot of evidence of that kind of thinking. And this is not a criticism, it's just an observation where many things are done in ways where they need to be redone very soon, or they just fall apart very quickly because thought doesn't really go into how long will this last? It's just about, can I get it done? And so if you think about this in your week ahead, you know, the way that we go through our lives, how often are we stopping and thinking about the way that we're making decisions? And I have a couple of questions that I'll leave you with. It's like during this week, as we notice the responses, the reactions, the decisions that we're faced with making, let's practice asking a couple of different questions. How might my initial automatic response be informed by short-term pressures or just the way people have always thought, the way I was taught to think? And if I dolly zoom out, give myself more context without losing focus on the issue, what changes in my perspective and thinking appear? Next week, I'll go into an another section of the book where he talks about intertitles, which was a new term for me. And the metaphor is beautiful. And in talks, we'll, we'll go a bit deeper into why we might be living during the most important time to think about the long-term effects of our lives. So. With that, I will wrap it up and thank you guys for listening. If this is interesting in any way to you, please take a moment to share it with somebody that you think would also be interested in it. 
And I hope in some way these thoughts are beneficial to you in your week ahead. And also go get the book, read it, or listen to it on Audible or whatever. I highly recommend this book for all you changemakers and entrepreneurs, anybody out there who's trying to make the world a better place, or any of you out there who are wanting to take a step in that direction. Until then, be awesome. <laughs>